round of applause for us having a choir this morning. And again, Don's taking applications for the few spots available. Listen, one, one thing, we're gonna, we're gonna do away with some of the requirements. We will no longer have to have perfect pitch. <laughs> do no longer have to read music and no longer have to be a virtuoso on at least three instruments. <laughs> do away with it. Good, because the only keys I know are the ones that go to my truck, so we're good. <laughs> So we're in the first Sunday of Advent season. And Advent is the word in the Greek language that means the arrival. The arrival of someone notable of an event or a thing. And this season of Advent starts today and it goes through Christmas Eve. But Advent's also considered the first season of the Christian calendar year. So, Happy Christian New Year, I guess, is kind of in store. But for Christians, Advent is a time of remembering the arrival. And so many people get caught up in Jesus as the baby and the manger. And, but God made a promise, and that promise came in the flesh. And it's also a season of anticipation. Again, not that we're arriving, a baby arriving. That's not the anticipation, but at the anticipation of the second coming. It's a time of preparation of our hearts. So, shouldn't we live every day in preparation for the second coming? Amen. Today's scripture is found in Genesis 3.15. And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, in this season which should bring hope, love, joy, and peace to every heart, many of us are struggling with the heaviness of life's burdens. When we feel as if the, the weight of these burdens are about to crush us, Lord, help us to hear your voice whisper to us, do not be afraid, for I'm with you. We confess that our hearts are often filled with worldly tasks that keep us busy. Lord, help us to stop, to find rest in you, to be still and know that you are still in control. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Jesus. Amen. So as we find ourselves at the beginning of Advent, I think it's fitting to go back to the beginning. You see, there was something that occurred before in the beginning. There's some things that are overlooked. So in order to go back to before in the beginning, we've actually got to go to Revelations. Revelations 12, 7 through 12 tells us, Now a war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer a place in heaven for them. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. 
and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Man, I feel like we need to pray again, y'all. Because when you think about the war that took place in heaven, and now he is here, no wonder we need a second coming. Let's just go to the Lord again in prayer. Father, we come to you today bowing in our hearts and asking for your protection from this evil one. Lord, we know that we are weak, and in every moment of our weakness, the enemy looks for that weakness as an opportunity to attack. Lord, surround us with your strength of your heavenly army. Give us shelter from the fiery arrows of the enemy. Lord, help us to lift up our shield of protection found in your word when our arms are tired. We ask all things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So now, as Paul Harvey would say for the rest of the story, Revelations tells us that the enemy lost the battle in heaven, that he was cast down to earth, and this is where he reigns. Think about it. Look at this from a new perspective. The enemy's wrath is on display everywhere we turn. But if we go back to Genesis, and we talk about that for a bit, Last week we talked about the old serpent and how he made his appearance in the garden. And now the enemy, didn't, he didn't attack Adam and Eve. He merely planted the seed of doubt. And looking at Genesis 3, in my Bible, the header says the fall. But let's read a bit, beginning in verse 1. So 3, 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts of the field. That the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say that? Did he actually say that you cannot eat the fruit of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, nor shall you touch it, lest you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. How many times has the enemy whispered in your ear, no, 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 that's not how it goes. I know he's done that to me many times. He said, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You will know good from evil. So then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes. And here's the seed, that next seed that was planted. And that the tree was desired. The fall of man today is our desires. That the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. They sewed the fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So the serpent planted the seed of doubt. He said, did God really say that? Then he focused them on the desires. 
And I hate to tell you, I've heard this many times, maybe y'all haven't heard this, but like a hungry big mouth bass, they took the bait. Hook, line, and sinker. When someone wants to start trouble with you, but they're cowards, what do they do? They mess with your loved ones. They mess with someone special to you. They pick on those around you instead of coming right to you. I don't know about you, but many times in my life I've had to say, game on, Satan. Here we go. I'm ready. I wasn't ready, but I knew God was with me. Game on, Satan. Now, there was a covenant between Adam and God. They could stay in the garden, but they couldn't touch that particular fruit or that tree. But when they ate of it, it broke the covenant between them and God. As soon as the covenant was broken, I love this. The voice of the shepherd called out to the first lost sheep. Genesis 3, 8 through 13, it tells us that God was calling them. Adam, where are you? It's the father searching for truly the lost first prodigal son. In the beginning, in Genesis, God's pouring out grace on mankind from the very beginning. And after God spoke to Adam and Eve, he literally had to come to Jesus moment with them. He restored in them hope. Yes. It's this hope that we still cling to today as we battle the old serpent. God put the enemy on notice. Basically, God sent out the ultimate save-the-date invitation to all of creation that there will be an undying opposition between the serpent and mankind, and it will go generation after generation after generation. But there will come a day. The seed of mankind will bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. But the seed of the serpent can only bruise the heel. It cannot give a death strike to the seed of mankind. Now we have to remember, too, that the old serpent used to be a beautiful angel. Think about it. He was cast out of heaven. He fell out of God's grace. Naturally, wouldn't he want mankind to fall out of God's grace too? He would want to see God's beloved stumble. While he thought he was hurting God by manipulating mankind, he actually placed himself in a position of dread. He would live eternity with the dread hanging over him that one day the seed of man. Think about it. Every male child that was born, he didn't know which, but he knew there was coming a day. And after Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness where he was tempted. And the enemy tested him. And the enemy now realized he was face to face with the seed of man who would bring hope to this dark world. So the enemy wanted to inflict every emotion he could after being cast out of heaven onto mankind. But this man, Jesus, could not be tempted. And this is my favorite part. When the enemy tells Jesus, if you bow down to me, if you bow down to the old serpent, then I will let you rule over all of this. I love in Matthew 4, 9, it says, Jesus said, Be gone, Satan, for it is written that you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only 
Jesus said to the serpent, it's, it's mine already. There's nothing you can give me. I am the seed of man. And when the old serpent realized this, he realized exactly who he was talking to, he left. And the most comforting part to me is the next part. It says, then the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us exactly how long the enemy tempted him or how long the uh, angels ministered to him, but it does tell us that Satan left when he was commanded. In this season of Advent, as we talk about God sending the ultimate save-the-date invitation out to all creation, by putting the enemy on notice in the garden... God has been pouring out his grace all over mankind ever since then in every which way that the old serpent comes into our lives. But love came down, walked in flesh to rescue us, to bring hope and to bring light into this dark world. Everywhere the old serpent tries to inflict pain, suffering, unforgiveness. Remember, it's, he's speaking from his wounds, his own pride. His pride came before his fall. So whatever is on your heart, whatever burden you have on your heart today, if we have a knee-jerk reaction, it is emotionally driven. And that's the enemy poking at our bruise. But if we take time to pray, and it's become a habit of mine for 40 days, to pray then we receive clarity and discernment and wisdom that only comes from the hope found in Christ. Whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever your burden is in this Advent season, I pray that you take time to sit in the presence of angels. Ask for their clarity, their protection, their wisdom, their discernment. Because... The ultimate save the date invitation did not end when Christ was born. It's the second coming. Amen. And that's what we're looking forward to. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Lord, God of hope, we seek you today more than ever. During this holy season of Advent, God, help us to see you in all things around us. Lord, we ask that you... You point out the distractions of the old serpent. Send your angels to minister to each person in every time and every moment of suffering and pain, even in the unforgiveness. Lord, help us to stay on the path of light that you've ordained for each one of us. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen. Closing hymn is number 351. It's all stained.